This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today is Tuesday, the 27th of August, 2019. My name is Patrick Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is the 15th season of a view from the bridge preseason and the off season are long behind us. We're going to talk about preseason in a short while, but over the next thirty three weeks, thirty three weeks, <laughs> we are going to bring you all the news and views on the Belfast Giants and the Elite Ice Hockey League. You can, of course, find us on your usual podcasting app every Wednesday morning, or you can find us on the Cool App if you've been downloading that or hearing our uh, our adverts that have been on Cool FM. So big thanks to them. On this week's show, we're going to be here from the head coach, Adam Keefe. He'll be previewing the Champions Hockey League games that take place this weekend. We'll look across the preseason. We'll also hear from Liam Reddix, Lewis Hook, Matt Pellich, and we'll be talking to Luke Fisher, who is the Elite League Media Manager. But first, Mr. Majimsey, how are you? I'm very well, Patrick. Um, thanks for having me back for another season. I don't know how long we've been doing this together now. It seems like quite a while. We certainly talked to each other probably more than we talked to our wives, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's a different story altogether. <laughs> very true. And a, a man who, if you follow him on Twitter, knows he's got a bit of packing to do. He's not around this weekend, but he's joined us. It's Mr. Neil. How are you? Yeah, I'd rather be here talking to you guys than packing a bag. So uh, thanks very much for the couple of hours away from it. Really appreciate that. And the proprietor of the Kitchen Hotel is off enjoying himself on Lusty Beg, but less said about that, the better hope him and his lovely daughter, Jasmine, who's his birthday, are enjoying themselves on that. Let's get started, first of all, by saying that this weekend before, sorry, this weekend after the Champions Hockey League game against the Augsburger Panthers, it's going to be a CHL edition of A View from the Bridge live at McCool's. Um, if you've been to one of these before, you know what to expect. A bit of industrial language, a bit of crack, a few beers, a lot of nonsense talked, a lot of shouting, but a lot of fun nonetheless. And as an added bonus, Joel Neal will not be there. So <laughs> we, we'll be able to, there'll be no waving of bottles. Mr. Fitzpatrick will be happy about that. But uh, David, you will be there. Hi there, Paddy. Book the flight today. Uh, don't let anybody see my credit card bill this month. My goodness. <laughs> Tell me about it, mate. But, um, you got to do what you got to do to follow the team, don't you? And that's it. And we'll be, uh, like we'll be me, able there's, there's, there's me, you know, no CHL, hate it, blah, blah. I've gone on about it for years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I talked to Luke Fisher later in the show and I say to him, you know, it's it's glorified pre-season training. And all. I just sell 180 quid in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it, pretty much. There's like, uh, there, there's me with, uh, spend a lot of money on a new house, have a new New son, boo, 10 weeks old, but nah, sure, I'll shell out cash to go to Belfast and then the weekend later, <laughs> shell out cash to go to Germany for three days and leave, sure and leave my wife to look after two young children. But sure, why not? You know yourself. So you know yourself. But no, the, uh, the, the, yes, A View from the Bridge Live will be after the Augsburger Panthers game at in McCool. So you know, get yourself a beer, come and join us. You're going to miss out, Joe. Can I Skype in? You know the way we put Davy on a stool on a laptop? I, I just, I'm just saying, I can't guarantee where I'm going to be or what state I'm going to be in, but I'm all in for that. Mr. Kitchen will be back with us and we'll have a few special guests that we're lining up. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. They're all good ones, let's be honest. You know, we don't have Tyler Beskarowani to neck pints, but we might find somebody else. Oh. Uh, 
anyway, uh, there might be something beforehand. We don't know. Just keep an eye on Twitter at AVFTB or on Facebook or in the Belfast Giants Twitter site as well for information. And let's get cracking into preseason and a bit of chat about that. Four wins from four games for the Belfast Giants. 18 goals scored, six goals conceded. I'm not going to go into the in-depth stats because, you know, that's something we'll, we'll focus on when it comes to games that actually count for something. These are preseason games where we're trying to, a team's trying to gel and trying to find its way going into competition. What I will say is the, the results of the, the IK Moore game, the first game, it was 3-1 to the Giants. In the second game, it was 4-1 to the Giants. And then they faced Herning Blue Fox from Denmark, 5-1 to the Giants. And then in the second game, 6-3 to the Giants. So that's three, four, five, and then six goals scored. Davey, I'll start with you. When, when he, I think this is the most extensive preseason the Belfast Giants have possibly ever had, outside of maybe the likes of the days when we had the BT Ice Cup, when we had Ice Baron Berlin and the Frankfurt Lions and all coming in playing. This is the first time we've had this sort of, you know, four games, two different series leading into what's going to be an excellent Champions Hockey League uh, series. But what did you think of this Giants team? Because you know, was the balance there that you wanted to see? Um, yeah, I think there that the coach will will still have have taken a lot of things out of it to work on. Um, I think that from again, you'll hear later in the show from talking to Luke Fisher, the referee and within the CHL, especially if not the elite league this season, is going to be a lot more clamped down on the on those sort of penalties that have been facing out of the NHL over here. All the hold and hook and slash and all those things are really going to be clamped down on to try and speed the game up. You know, Kiefer's talking about it as well. You know, the game is evolving; it's getting faster and faster, and and the 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 refereeing is trying to aid that to make it a very fast and exciting game. So we've got lessons to learn. We took a lot of penalties. I think the referees have lessons to learn as well about how they're calling games, and it's preseason for referees as well. I know I, I'm on my soapbox. I'm always sticking <laughs> sticking up for the Lions. If there's no or no refs, there's no game. So I, I will continue to stick up for them a bit. Their preseason as well, so we've got lots to work on. It was good that we we managed to get goals from the back end. We we got goals from a, a lot of the forwards. A few guys breaking their ducks. Bobby Farnham coming in. It was an absolute pest for for the four games. A guy that I'm really really going to enjoy watching. But I think the one guy who we were expecting to stand out and we're hoping to stand out in Patrick Ronka when he gets the puck, that arena lights up. You know, the noise level goes up. The anticipation goes up. He got his goal from probably the outstanding goal for me. You know, you and Joel can have your your own pick as well. The pass from Smotherman mm-hmm. to pick out Ronga is is special. Um, the D man, perhaps you know, if you're going to be ultra critical, can maybe done a little bit better. Gets a little bit, a little bit tied up with a stick and a skates, and, and the puck gets through. But that's due down to the quality of the pass as well. Ronga talks it away and, and you know breaks his duck at the at the SSE. So a few boys got their names on score sheets. As you know, that bodes well going into what's going to be a real step up in competition for us to have those four games in preseason with the greatest respect is a bit better, possibly, than having the, the university games that we've had over the last couple of years, or perhaps a you know, a team from the EIHL. We see plenty of them during the season, so it's good to get a, a couple of you know, international flavored teams, Europeans, in and uh. You know, probably more and more so than than the Danish outfit will play that similar style to Liberation. You know, with the fast, skillful hockey, but laying the body in the line as well. That's more what I'm going to expect from Thursday night. Haven't really looked too much at the Panthers. You know, the DEL is your 
you know, your manner, so you can talk about them. But, you know, all in all, you know, you get three goals, four goals, five goals, six goals, as you've already said. That bodes well for the start of the season. We've got a good goaltending. Stephen Murphy managed to get himself a game. So, all good. Joel, David pointed out Ronka there, Bobby Farnham, you know, Stephen Murphy in the start. Who were the standout players of the two weekends for you? Uh, there was one line that was put together uh, in the, the for I think the first game of the Herning series. Uh, I could be wrong. I covered all four, and, and they sort of blend a little bit. But whenever Adam Keith put Ben Lake, Brian Ward, and Patrick Ronka together uh, in that line, goodness me, those guys were electric. I think they contri- that line alone contributed three of the five goals. So it was the the first game of the Herning series, um, but. You know, the coach has a quandary there because you can't stack your lines. You've got to spread that kind of quality throughout the lineup. But it's a good thing that we have. I disagree. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm all for a stack line. You look back back to go on, Paddy, give me it without even me having to set a line from years ago. Raphael Burns? There you go. Same thing. You stack stack your talent. If you've got it, stack it. Look, Look at last year. Um, through the early part of the season, we had, um, when we were struggling, we stacked, um, Riles, Rutherford, and um, Murphy, Murphy in the line, and they carried. Yeah, you know, for a, for a long time, while other t- other lines, if you've got a line on the top, throw it in there. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, listen, I'll take that. And as a fan watching, I'll take that to the bank. Like I would love to see those three guys stick together, but um, they, they definitely, obviously, because it's preseason, the coaches chopping and changing and try to work different combos. But whenever those guys are put together, I think it was something like the last period of that first game. But they just ran roughshod over that Herning team, and I know Herning were a bit light benched and, and they were a little more tired than us um, over the course of the week. Again, but those guys were just electric. Um, the thing for me, I, I, you know, I, I think I said it on the last preseason show, but we are going to be an electric defense this year. That we're going to be a defensive team, and, and you saw that. You know, uh, the flip side of that coin, obviously, is that we took a lot of penalties that, that the coach is trying to maybe keep down, especially because we're heading into European competition, and we've seen with the likes of Lancia in 2012 in the Continental Cup how that kind of European uh, refereeing and European style can penalize us. You know, we got hammered by them because we could not stay out of the box. So those are important sorry, lessons. Just, sorry, I know, now I'm cutting across you. But no, 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 no. Is, is, is that not a good thing? As in, yeah. uh, in especially in pre-season, to get the feel. Because you look at the, the referees for this coming game is going to be Daltz and Sewell. So, yeah. so two referees we know. So we, obviously uh, two referees we can play too. So when you're playing the game in pre-season – not only are your special teams going to get a run out, which is a good thing yeah. as well. You know, you, you're learning, you're able to push the boundaries and see what we're going to be able to push against when it comes to facing Liebrecht in a couple of days' time. Completely fair, yeah, absolutely. And I guess you know that's the the silver lining to it. The preseason, uh, you, you'll hear later on the show, like the, the coach has been stressing that that the scoreline really didn't matter. It was seeing how guys came together yeah. and that the system started to work. So 100, percent yes, you know, I guess if you were if you were pointing at any negatives, there were very few, honestly, and. It, and it did. It gave a chance for that uh, that that PK unit. Like if you're if you're talking about standout things or standout uh, lines, players from the weekend, Kevin Rain has taken that penalty kill unit by the scruff of the neck. He is vocally quarterback in that unit. He's yep. directing guys, and he's and he's just he's, he's pointing and moving. He has that entire. Honestly, I, I wish I loved anything in my life as much as Kevin Rain loves playing shorthanded. That is a joy <laughs> to watch. I have never enjoyed watching Belfast Giants. Caleb, <laughs> apart from cranes, uh, subscribe yeah. to uh, joeliescranes.com. Um, but apart apart from that, um, you know, just to, to see that penalty kill unit 
hit the ground running like they did with so many minutes to kill. And even in the times whenever Rainer took a couple, he took a big interference call in the last game of, of the, the, the kind of four there. And even then, the PK unit just looked really, really hot. Um, there's still a little ways to go on offense in, in terms of the, the power play unit and, and the lines coming together and stuff. But you, we've talked about it, you know, the, the Beskarwani Edinburgh, Beskarwani Belfast uh, comparison to Shane Owen. Put him in Belfast, put him in front of a hot defense, and that guy has the natural ability, plus those lines in front of him. I think we're going to be a fortress this year. The wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Went for the happy birthday. Still on the, still on the board. It's going to be somebody's birthday. Just leave it in. Wow. Anyway. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually, it's, well, we'll throw a couple. It's Claire Knox's birthday, and it's um, Clive Himmelot's birthday, Chris Revel's big buddy. So, happy birthday. It's a 2 1 game. We're playing great. I'm, I'm all over this. <laughs> all over this place tonight. Are you, just, are you just mashing the keypad at this point? No, just all five I need the party something to be fair. All five times. <laughs> Unbelievable. I do, I do. Unbelievable. Leaveable, this guy. Are you kidding me, Simon? That's all you get. Um, Davey, actually, it was you on WhatsApp uh, during oh. one of the games that mentioned Kevin Rain said he was bringing beast mode. Yeah, and that was the very first game of mm. the of the four. Um, he came out like a house on fire. You know, we talked to Rainer um, pre-season. I was trying to think earlier who it was I was speaking to, and it was Kevin Rain about being one of the leaders now in Belfast, about being a guy yeah, who's no, been here. Time. Been, yeah. Well, been here a couple of times but, over yeah. three, two, two, three seasons, whatever. And now, when when guys are coming in, he's the guy. Adam Cable talk about telling people where the the he called it a grocery store where the shops are. Um, <laughs> I was going to correct him. You hear that later. <laughs> You'll hear you hear that interview later on. To break the break the fourth wall. We've already we already recorded it. He does say grocery store, and I'm biting the lip, going shops. <laughs> and, and, and obviously, like, how do you get from the flats to the the hard bar? Things like that. But, um, right. That's the most well trodden path in Belfast, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> and uh, you know, oh, things like that. So, so Kevin Rain is obviously taking that lead. And that first game, he came out like a leader of men. Got his goal, but hit everything that moved. He he always has had that little physical edge, especially since he came back to the Belfast from sort of whatever it was, mid-October last season, he came back with an edge in his game that I can't really remember from from his first season. I may be wrong there, but um, you know, he's really, really firmly putting himself back in as a fan favourite. You know, and blow me, I continue because as Joel has said, special teams are going to be critical for Belfast this season. We will kill a lot of penalties this season. But if you've got guys that love penalty kill it, it, the problem with penalty killing is it, it messes your lines up and it takes away a lot of energy from your players for the rest of the game but you know hopefully when we are in that situation the, the, the guys can can kill these penalties but Kevin Rain I absolutely outstanding in that first game well then just while we're while we're sorry P while, while we're on that that penalty kill unit um it's worth mentioning in the second Mora game that sensational five on three kill that Rain Lenny and Liam Red Sox took the brunt of absolutely unbelievable I just I've never seen anything like it and the cheer that went up whenever that penalty was killed everyone was so zoned in on that I think it was probably the best entertainment of the weekend and um, it, it was probably the biggest and the hottest I've, I've heard the barn uh, over the course of this preseason and that's saying something 
Sticking Davy on on the point in regards to the special teams and coming into the Champions Hockey League, Joel made that point just a few minutes ago about how previously in European competition we have been hit hard by referee and Lanshut is one that comes immediately to mind and the game against Lanshut and yeah. and and the the amount of time we spent on the penalty kills. So facing the amount of penalty kills that we did over the course of that preseason bodes us well going into what are going to be difficult games. Absolutely, like we've talked about it already through the through the four games that that we faced, that we we did at, at times through those games run into a bit of penalty trouble, and the type of team that we've built will, uh, as I've already said, will will naturally court that sort of attention and and with the the referees coming down things. So it's always good to get practice with your special teams. The guys will be working special teams a lot and and trying to find out who the specialists are that'll go on to those couple of units. And you know it started really well. Talk about killing those five on three penalty. They give massive energy boost to the guys. You know they're 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 critical. You don't want to be facing too many five on three kills. But you know, Thursday night coming up, next Saturday coming up. These are the two biggest games of this week. So you know, looks good going so far. Uh, how prepared do you think we are, Joe? I think that uh, when the schedule, the preseason schedule came out, it was pretty plain to see that uh, Steve Thornton, Adam Keith, the, the Giants backroom staff, they were keen to challenge themselves in preseason. It wasn't a get your legs under you, shake the rust off kind of thing. And honestly, I don't know that there were too many Giants fans coming in to that pair of weekends thinking that we would uh, w- win the majority, let alone dominate our, our sweep and win out like we did. I thought, especially in the first weekend against Mora, uh, you know, that we would have been challenged way, way more. I, th- I thought we were going to maybe struggle a little more. You know, that's a team that's been together for a month. They're from, uh, yes, they've been relegated, but they're they're from the Swedish league. Um, what Out of the five CHL winners, Sweden is four of them. You know, it's the, the caliber of the preseason opposition that, that we brought into Belfast this season um, was a, a direct statement of intent with, for the CHL games that were coming up. Um, you know, uh, we don't have the, the same luxury as the NHL or the KHL or whatever else. We can't have these guys in town a month and a half before the season, relentless training camps, whatever else. You know, you, you got to bring them in uh, as as with as much time as possible and get them as together as possible. So, with that said, for the scenario and the circumstances that we're in, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and the time that we've had, I think we're as prepared as we can possibly be. You know, that's a team to me that looks like they've played together for a month already. Davy, were those the right opponents for preseason to build up to the Champions Hockey League? Yeah, I think that um, yeah, going in to face like real quality op- op- opposition like we're going to in the Czech team and the German team and Swedish team, you've got to try and find teams that will mimic to a certain extent the style of the teams that you're going to face. And and more I've already said, you know, we're we're getting although they're Swedish to play a very very similar style to the Czech team in terms of physicality, high speed, high skill. Um, the the Danish team. You know, we, we dispatched with a lot more ease than I thought they would have. You know, maybe they, yeah. you know, we have to kind of evaluate as the CHL has gone on over the last number of years, and and United Kingdom teams have got into it and done better. That it has improved the standard of our league, and I I don't know that the gap there that maybe you would have said a few years ago maybe the Danish league's better, blah blah blah. I think these the you know the the elite league is at a. At, at its pump at the minute, you know, it's, it's the highest standard it's ever been at, and, and it's only continuing to push upwards. 
I think that's an interesting point because looking at the preseason results right across the league from from Dundee to Cardiff is they're facing a lot of European teams and there's a lot of wins, probably more wins for elite league teams than there are for those other teams, which, you know, like you say, we're never going to get back to the ISL standards where we're competing toe-to-toe with DEL teams, or are we? Are we going to get to that level? I think we're taking steps in that direction. I still think that the product that was served in the in the late nineties, early two thousands was was you know above what we're we're seeing at the minute. But it's a different type of game as well now. You know, you had the the clutch and hole as it was called back then. You had fights at a drop of a hat. The, the game has evolved as well. It filters down from the top as we, as we often say. You know, the game now. It's a younger man's game as well in, in the UK from a point of view that for a long time it was a bit of a retirement league. And now, you're, yes, you get guys at the tail end, they're veterans at the tail end of their career come in for the Masters or whatever. But like we have over a number of years have, have found that it wasn't working for us. We've got younger, you know, as Neil Russell, formerly this parish, would say, you know, we young, hung, horny guys in here, you know, the, I mean that in, in terms of their hockey. Um, hopefully, and uh, you know, guys that want to come in here, make an impression, take the next step on the, uh, you know, take the next step in the game. A Darcy Murphy come in straight out of college, have two brilliant years, electric years, as Joel would call them, um, and and off to Germany. You know, the guys, there is a stepping stone here to those leagues, but I also think that we are coming up by the bootstraps here after them. I've already talked about, you know. Are we actually have we gained party? Are we better than the Danish leagues? You know, how are we versus all Svenskan teams? You know, teams that come down from that from the the SHL maybe into their first division. We're, we're, we've put them away on consecutive nights and put them away well. We've we've, we've dispatched two a Danish team over two nights. So in terms of quality, you know, I, I think the, the the elite league is certainly well at its highest level that it's ever been comparisons to eras gone by are always difficult. The product we're getting served now, you know, we go back to Burns and Rail and, and, and Rough and all that there, you know. You know, nostalgia can be a, a great level. Yeah. I think that things were always better in years gone by. Yeah. If you want that, you know, go and get a, a video, get a, go and get a VHS out and watch a game. I've got a, I've got a stack of them here if anybody ever wants to borrow them. Of games from the from ISL days and go and watch them. Do you know what the product we're getting now is just as good a product? Um, would would it would this would the Giants team from two thousand? You know, would it stack up against today's team? No, this team would obviously beat them because Paxton Schulte is twenty years older. But you know, <laughs> if you're going, you still go. You can still go. It's still go too. If you if you were going. You know, in their prime against in their prime, I still think the ISL probably still stacks up a wee bit higher just because of bench depth and stuff. But I think we're getting there. Can I be devil's advocate there as as the guy that's only been around for kind of the guts of ten years? You know, I, I dipped in and out of the ISL era as a kid, like most people in Belfast. You know, you were brought to one or two games a season, but you know, from my understanding, the ISL was unsustainable in its spend and the fact that it was bringing in these big imports, uh, and and the elite league was a sort of uh, a sort of 
uh, a start from scratch to try and address that and to develop the sort of British players and the local players. You know, you're talking about our league getting better and competing with these guys, but the fact remains the Swedish leagues, the Danish leagues, they're still majorly comprised of locals and we don't have that. You know, is there a sustainability issue in the fact that our league is getting better and better and we're top loading and top loading with these high-end imports without the sort of Brits to back it up? Well, the Brits, the, the Brits are, are, you know, are proving themselves as well. Okay, we've got a couple of dual nationals or nationals, whatever, in with the national team. But the national team has conversely gone along since the creation of the AIHL. The true, national true. team has gone through, the program has gone through great change and, and great sort of elevation to where they're in Dev 1A or whatever it is now with, with Canada, USA, Sweden, all these teams. Yeah. They're competing with them and they didn't disgrace themselves. And I, I know what you mean. Like the, the British talent... It's a very, very difficult one because if the British talent were good enough, they would be playing. Yeah, the British talent is there, is top end, but there's just not enough of it, you know. Yeah, well, that's 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 something now when you look at, what is it now, guts of 15 years of the EIHL, and as you said yourself, it was kind of formed with a, its mission statement, I think, they put out at the start, Paddy, correct me if I'm wrong, they actually did put out a mission statement, I think I have it somewhere, of what the league was going to be, and it was to be a development league, and it was the ha- and I suppose to a certain extent it does. You have to have a certain number of British players within your roster. You don't have to have them, but if you want to run three and a half, four lines, you have to have them. So there, there's still a premium of the of the top Brits at the top teams, and that doesn't filter down. We've got our own problems in Belfast where we're just not getting junior talent coming through good enough that that can step into the EIHL. one. we've got the SNL team, obviously. That's, I think that's a debate for another day, but that's a very, very good point to bring up. Also, you were saying there, Davey, about, um, about depth depth in the roster. I know we're getting a little bit away from, and we're going to come to interviews and move it on in a second, but depth in the roster compared to the ISL days. I'm just looking at our, like our roster now is 21 players, three goalkeepers. Now, but, you know, uh, I'm looking at the, our very first roster, if you take out Shane Toporowski and Mark McCoy, who were temporary fixtures in the end, that was 19, so not that far, sorry, 18, so not that far off. Our league winning side, uh, the ISL winning side, it was uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and then the forwards, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 players. So, you know, roster sides, there was obviously a lot of money being churned into top-end players, and it wasn't maybe the the level of four line depth because we arguably we we are pushing on four decent lines this year that was never possible for us in the ISL. Yeah, yeah. Look, Paddy, what I, what I mean in terms of that you know the the ISL as you know back in the day was maybe only we were maybe only running three lines, but all three lines you know could play twenty plus minutes each a night. You know, we're in this case of we've came into develop develop. Jeez, oh, somebody else's teeth in here. Developmental league setup where we're trying to you know provide room for British players to play for British players to develop and at times you know some of those players can come in and do a job can play three four shifts a game can give somebody a bit of time off who's maybe just killed a penalty but in terms of playing you know like Liberesh for example coming in this week will come in they'll not be able to play them all obviously but they'll come in five lines of forwards deep. They'll come in four lines of D-men deep. They'll have two, three goaltenders. You know, they'll have 25, 26 players coming in. Um, so in terms of numbers, yes, we're creeping up in terms of that we're able to hold that that four lines. But can that fourth line play much? Not so much. You know, in, in essence, whenever the, we'll go back to the league and one of our guys won't be able to play because of the import limits. 
will, will effectively go to three and a half lines with somebody filling in to make that fourth line up and not getting too much ice, line, it's not ice time. It's not like we're rolling four lines. So in terms of top three lines versus the top three lines at ISL, I still don't think we're quite there. Um, the, the ISL, you know, there's a lot of money spent there. We were bringing guys in straight from the show who could, who could play. And we're getting back this both at that stage as well. I'm, I'm talking myself in and out of this argument at times here, but, you know, we have, we do bring guys straight from the NHL. We bring guys straight from the AHL, you know, straight from the American League. And we're, we're, but we're also now getting guys straight out of college, straight out of Compton. And, uh, you know, guys are coming in here unable to play. So I'm, I'm not really sure what my argument was. I've just had it with myself, and I'm, I'm not really sure what the answer is anymore. Maybe we'll come to it as we go through the season and we uh, to see how this elite league roster is stacked up. Uh, what we're maybe, gonna... maybe, maybe what I'll do is I will do a little bit of analysis on on this year's team, maybe last year's team versus a couple of teams from our early days, from season one, season two, NHL games, ASL experience, college. Nice. You know, Team Canada. It'd be an interesting what did, comparison. What did, what did they do? What were their comparative stats? What were the goaltenders like before they came? You know, we know what Shane Owen has done over the last number of years in Scotland. We know what Besk would have done because there's a certain amount of, you know, nepotism within the elite league. You get somebody who does really well. Teams try to buy. You know, you can't beat them by them. And, you know, whereas right back at the start of Giants, we were getting the Cavies, the Beals, and all. They were coming in. They had brilliant resumes. And then, you you know, and then you develop. Chris McGempsey, the Nathan Crazes, the, the Dickos of today, you know. You, the, the, the game evolved where you had to have local guys in there because you couldn't have, you know, a, a Ryan back and a, a Mark Cavillan on the same team. So in terms of that, you know, the goalie tandems, there would be one example where you're maybe not as strong in, in 2019 as you might have been in 1999. But, you know. As I say, I'll do that analysis. That'd be an interesting analysis there. If you get around it, that'd be brilliant. Um, right, let's move on. Uh, we'll come back. We'll be talking about the CHL in a short while. Let's CHL. We'll be talking about that in the uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, but first, we're just going to have a few of the post game interviews that uh, that took place from across the uh, across the two weekends. Um, we'll hear from Matt Pellick and Lewis Hook. But first up, Liam Reddix. Joined now by Giants man of the match, Liam Reddix. Uh, Liam, not content with your first goal as a Giant, you carried on and scored two more. How does it feel to close preseason with the Hattie tonight? Um, you know, certainly, certainly a good feeling. Um, you know, I felt like I was fighting a little bit the the first couple of games, had the nerves, um, just a new team, a new environment. Um, but every every day here, I've, I've felt a little more comfortable. Just tried getting to the hard areas. Um, luckily, the pucks were were bouncing for me around the net, and I uh, was able to put a couple by the by the goalie. A bit of a wild game tonight, uh, much like last night. What do you think there is there to iron out ahead of Thursday? Um, I think that the big thing is our our stick details. Um, you know, we're, we're playing too much on on the, the shorthanded right now. Um, we just got to clean that up because because five on five, I like our game. I like how we smother teams. Uh, we don't give them a lot of time and space. If we can eliminate uh, some of those penalties. It's going to be a tough night for any team that comes into this building. And with a preseason sweep complete, how's the locker room uh, feeling? You know, Liberec arrive on Thursday and you're into the real stuff, into CHL action. Um, is it nerves? Is it excitement? Are the boys ready to go? I think a little bit of everything. Um, you know, it, it's nice that we, we finish 4-0. Um, you know, you see a little bit of chemistry building between uh, certain lines, certain players. Um, at the same time... Um, you know, I don't think anyone in that room is satisfied. We know we got to be better. We, we want to be better. And, uh, you know, we show up Monday ready to work. And, and uh, 
you know, put in a couple good days of work so that we are ready um, to pace up for this CHL hockey because it's going to be fast. It's going to be it's going to be good hockey, and, and we need to you know take another take another step, raise it up a bit to uh, you know really compete. Great job, Lim. Thank you. Joined now by Giants Man of the Match, Lewis Hook. Uh, Hooky, empty net goal on your birthday and a Man of the Match award. That must feel nice. Yeah, it's a good birthday, you know, and, and the win. So, you know, couldn't, couldn't ask for any more, you know. How are you feeling uh, after a couple of weeks of preseason? Do you have your legs on you? Do you think there's still a bit more to go? I think we're all getting there, you know. I think the way we both play, we, uh, as a team, we played this uh, last weekend, I think, you know, we'll be pretty happy with that in the season. But, you know, it's still early doors. We're obviously going to keep getting better and better. Uh, we'll iron things out over video and stuff. Um, so I think it's, it's all positives from here. Did more give you what you were expecting this weekend? Um, not, not to undermine them in any way, but I think maybe a lot of Giants fans were expecting a bigger challenge from them. I think it was a good speedy game, you know. Um, they're a fast, good skating team, skillful. I think we just played the physical edge. We had the physical edge on them and uh, buried our chances. And I think, I think it was a good game, good couple of weekends. Um, and getting out there after weeks of preseason where you're not obviously full speed, fully hitting, was it nice to get physical again? It looked like the boys were enjoying finishing their checks. Yeah, that was a physical couple of games, um, <laughs> especially for me. I'm not used to that, but it was nice. Yeah, it was. It was nice to get out there, and you know, it's like you said, in training, you know, it's not you, you train and you play hard, but you don't use that physical edge in what you do in games. So it was, yeah. it was nice to get out there and you know play the physical physical side of things, and yeah. uh, you know, I think everyone played unbelievable over this last two uh, last two days. I try not to get ahead of myself because it's been an exciting weekend. But uh, how much of a confidence builder is that as a preseason series? Uh, do you do you get ahead of yourself? Do you have to try and keep the head down and keep working? Yeah, I think you, you can't get ahead of yourself, you know what I mean? It's preseason. They're also in preseason. Yeah. Um, but I think it was two great games. We, uh, As a team, we skated well, we played well, we played physical, our systems work. So without getting ahead of ourselves, I think we'll, everyone would be pretty happy with where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, and because of the early face-off today, it's only half past six. Are you going to sell you tonight? Uh, I don't know, maybe go for some nice food and then just relax. So. Yeah, nothing that's, special. That's for the head coach's benefit. Yeah. Okay, well done, bud. Thank you very much. <laughs> Joined now by two goal scorer uh, the Giants' second one of the weekend over Mora, Matt Pelic. Uh, Matt, you've announced yourself in style this weekend. Uh, pretty successful? Yeah, you know, it's um, for us, we're, we're playing well. We got uh, two wins. Um, and, uh, you know, this is important for us. We got to gel as a team. We got to come together. We got... Uh, Meaningful games coming up here really, really quick. So uh, it's really important for us to get out there and, and just feel good together. And you really did hit the ground running this weekend. After those couple of weeks uh, in preseason, kind of out of the ice bowl, no crowds in front of you, how did it feel to get out there in front of a live crowd, full speed, and start hitting again? Oh, well, it was great. You know, the first couple of shifts are always uh, a little different from what you're doing in the summer. But, um, you know, everyone in that room looks like they prepared well. Everyone's in good shape. We're ready to go, and, uh, and we're hungry to get going. How much do you take away from this as a preseason series? Obviously, you've got Herning Blue Fox next weekend, and as you say, meaningful games coming up. Um, is it important not to get ahead of yourself despite the good weekend? Yeah, for sure. You know, you can't be satisfied. Uh, every game, there's things that you can do better. Uh, you know, even if you're, even if you win both, there's things that you can improve on. So, um, for us, it was great to see tonight come out in the third, close that game out because that's. Yeah. You know, over the course of a season when you're fighting for first place, that's going to be one of the most important things is, is never mind taking a night off, you can't take a period off. So uh, the fact that we went out there and we closed that off, 
uh, and we just had a really professional third period that was really good to see. Couldn't agree more. I have to close this by asking you about something that the fans have noticed. You have a pretty unique skate out compared to the other boys. Do you want to talk, talk to me about that? Are you a big Undertaker fan? What's no, going on there? I, uh, <laughs> I come out slow. You only have so many strides in a game, right? So you got to save them. So. Uh, my one brother does the same thing and uh, we always have a chuckle about it but it's uh, I've done it forever and I don't think I'm changing it now please don't it's fantastic welcome to Belfast man. thank you very much thank you yep they are the post games from across the preseason a couple of post games from across the preseason games the post game is, is up well Joel usually gets them straight after the game and they go on SoundCloud and kingdomofthegiants.com within about half an hour of the game completing so once the game's over get yourself on twitter on facebook or the kingdom of the giants.com and you'll see the game reports and those post game interviews always worth catching up with the views of the players and the coaches involved in the match uh, and we'll be doing those as we always do throughout the season another interview Next up, and uh, Davey had the opportunity to catch up with Luke Fisher. Uh, we've spoken with Luke on a couple of occasions and on the View from the Bridge Live. He is the new media manager, or new media manager, coming to the second year's media manager of the Elite League with a bit of in, a bit of experience in the CHL as well. And he, as I say, we chatted to Davey earlier today. Okay, in the lead up to this week's start of the Champions League, who better to get on than someone with lots of CHL experience? And of course, in the IHL, it's the media manager, it's Mr. Luke Fisher. Luke, welcome along. Hi, thanks for having me. Luke, obviously, as I've said in the intro, there are a lot of experience in the CHL. Belfast Giants start this Thursday against the Czech Republic team, and uh, you know we've got a lot to look forward to here. You have got a lot to look forward to. I think it's a bit of a weird one because it's probably the first time that Belfast Giants have gone into a competition probably not expecting to win it. Um, to be quite realistic, it would be amazing if they did. But um, yeah, it's going to be different to what you saw in the Continental Cup. I mean, I think from the memories of the final last year, that was, you know, the, the skill level, the speed, etc. This is going to be another level up now. Um, and if you go and ask Panthers fans or Steelers or Clan or Devils from their first seasons in the CHL, I think they'd probably all say the same thing as well. I temper temper this comment as, as a fan myself. I haven't been someone that is too hot on the Champions League, so I, I can't change my mind just now because we're in it. I see it more as a, a real good stepping stone into the AIHL season and some real hard pre-season games, if you like. As you have said yourself, we don't see it as a competition we can probably win. Is there an evolution here? You know, teams from the from the UK have have been getting the odd result through it. Is is there an evolution where we can take a next step into this competition at some stage? Well, I mean, you have to remember that two years ago the Panthers got to the round of sixteen, which was phenomenal achievement to do that. And then last year you had Rouen, a French team, get there and Storhammer, a Norwegian team. So the gap I think, and the preparation that teams are coming with. So the gap is getting smaller. The preparation is getting better. It will be a learning curve for the Giants doing it for the first time. I'm sure, like Andrew Lord said a few weeks ago, that what he knows now compared to the two years ago when they first went in it, it is quite different. And, and yeah, Adam Keefe will find out an awful lot about his team uh, in those first couple of games. Some of it he you know, may not have expected. These teams will find holes in your team that you probably don't even know you have. So in that sense, looking at uh, the start of the league season, it's probably the best preparation. But on the other hand, this is about making the name of the Giants in Europe. This is about when someone looks at YouTube next year to see if they're approached by Belfast, they're going to go look at these videos. So you don't want to go out and be losing games. 10-1 because you take it as a training exercise because you want to give the best impression you can get that this is 
putting the name out there more than perhaps has been possible before. Does that also then tie in with an upping of the overall quality in the league? Because players are now coming to the UK because they get the opportunity to play in the Champions Hockey League and, and, and conversely to that, it, it ups the whole level of the league as well? It definitely does. I, mean, I think you're asking any of the teams that have been in it that they will definitely have picked things up. It might not necessarily be on ice, but it'll also be off ice. What can you learn? How do the teams look after their players before after a game and that sort of thing? Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you... You know, if you're a player, if you're given the choice between going to maybe Denmark or coming to the UK and you've got CHL in one of them, that's a fantastic shot window. It can only help uh, bring, bring players over. And obviously you have a bit of knowledge with the Czech Republic yourself. Um, you'll be coming to Belfast this week as well. Give us a, give us a, your thoughts on, on Liberec this week and, and then the Panthers at the weekend. Well, Liberec, um, sorry, tell everyone, it's Liberec, not Liberec. It's uh, at the end of it. Um, Liberec, I, they had a really good season last year. They they won the regular season in the Czech League. Uh, you get uh, a million crowns if you win the regular season. It's about 40,000 euros just for doing that. Then they uh, lost in the playoff finals. Um, two years ago, they got to the semis of the CHL. So, and they're one of the teams that really looks at the CHL as one of their big objectives for the season. They didn't qualify for it last year, and, and they weren't happy. So two years ago, and they weren't happy about it. Um, but they've had a bit of change. Like they had a, a goalie, Roman Vill, who's now gone up to Sweden. So they've got two goalies in this year, one of whom comes from a team that got relegated last year. The other one's coming out the Ebel. So if you're looking for a weakness, I mean, I'm clutching at straws a bit here, but that might be one of them. Um, but I mean, they've got so much experience on the team. Ladislav Smith played almost 600 NHL games. They got uh, one of their top scorers last year, Libor Hudacek. Uh, he's played in the SHL. He was top 10 points in the Czech League last year. The interesting thing with the Czech teams is, you know, you expect them to be quick. You expect them to be skillful, and they are. But they can also put their bodies about a bit if needed. And that's something that the Giants will have to overcome because it will be different. You know, uh, you have to find a way to, to be able to skate with these teams. And their their referees have been announced and, and uh, they're going to be um, familiar to at least the Giants players. Yeah, so in the CHL, you have one referee from the home federation, the home league, two linesmen from the home one, and then you have a foreign referee coming in as well. But the way the game is called in the CHL is going to be much more like what we saw at the World Championships A group, much more tighter, much tighter on like the restraining fouls, like hooking, holding, these things. And it's so important not to take the, the soft penalties because these teams are, are so good on the power play. Um, so it will be a big learning curve for Belfast. I think it's good that this season you have someone like Liam Reddock in the dressing room who's who's been there the whole way. He's won it. Also, not won it, but got to the final with Vaxio. It'll be a different experience now being on a team that's not expected to win. But Adam Keith will find out a lot about the character of the players over these games. And let's take it a little bit away from, from Belfast, although it's a Belfast-centred podcast, obviously. Very, very busy time of the year for you, Look, Obviously, you know, coming into town Thursday, we've got a game on Saturday as well in the Champions Hockey League, but it all kicks off domestically this weekend as well. It does. I mean, it's, it's all your Christmas is coming at once at the moment, really, because we have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday hockey for the four days of CHL, and then we've got the uh, the Challenge Cup games, uh, Sheffield Panthers and uh, Glasgow and Dundee. So, yeah, it's it's very busy at the moment. There's sort of things that I would absolutely love to shout about that people can look forward to, but I'm a bit more cautious and want to see it there working myself. 
and then uh, we'll let people see it. Been fast to us this off season, but I'm sure you've been working flat out on it. It's been even faster. Anything new coming in this season? Anything, or is just more excitement to the HAL to look forward to? Oh no, there there are definitely some some new things coming in. Like I don't particularly want to say, oh my god, we're going to be doing this, this, and this, because if it goes wrong or something, then people will start saying about it. So let's be a bit cautious. But I mean, yeah, one of the main things for me has been uh, with to do with video that um we in the last season didn't really have much video of the league on the league channels and that's really it's our product and it's the best thing to sell it is to show it so looking at ways of sort of doing more of that on game nights with condensed highlights and things and hopefully that will work out and then we've been doing a lot of stuff behind this especially to do with video streams uh to make sure that you know there are live feeds coming in from all the rinks now they might not be public because that's down to the team if they want to sell them but at least you know we can see them. The away team can see them if they've got a video coach set at home. Uh, that the the DOPS they can see them and they can cut things during games so that referees at the end of a game can get penalties that they've called sent to them that they might want to have a look at overnight and then things like that. So we've been doing a lot with that. and um, our game book is uh, one of the big things. It's basically you know the whole structure of the league, how we operate, what the rules are, what the registration price is in, what are the media things to follow, all of that, putting that together and uh, having it ready for the teams. And it should mean that we're uh, actually doing this, we were finishing off yesterday with the case book. So this is um, how the rules in the elite league differ from the IHF interpretations. And this is something that I want to have online because like half the things we get on Twitter sometimes are just where what our interpretation is isn't clear. So hopefully we're good with that, ready to go before the season starts as well. You're very fortunate, I think, from talking to you and from meeting you, Luke, that you you love your job. Um, how, how, <laughs> how much fun has it been coming in and, and helping the Elite League and, and, and getting further experience in your own career? It's been good um, in the sense that it's been a kind of a blank canvas. You know, so Mike Hicks is doing the hockey ops side and I'm doing this side. And by and large, we were given a lot of encouragement from the board and from the teams to, to go and, and improve certain things. Um, so that that's really fun. Um, and to use the experience that I've got from, from CH and a couple of other leagues to bring things in. Um, this is obviously the worst time of the year, but uh, that's just how it is. That's when hockey is. So you can't really complain about it. That's, that's when we play. Well, look, listen, I know you're very, very busy, but thank you for your time again today. And we'll look forward to catching up with you in the next couple of days in Belfast. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on the podcast during the season as well. Looking forward to it. Hi, folks. Aaron Murphy from Free Sports. Hope you've had a great summer. Hope you've enjoyed the off-season, but it's almost time. Hockey season is coming up, and what a way to start it off. A historic week for Belfast. The Giants will contest their first ever Champions Hockey League campaign. And that will get underway this Thursday, August 29th, as they host Liberec at the SSC Arena. We'll be on air from 7.25 p.m. face-off, 7.30. You can join myself, Aaron Murphy, and Paul Eady for the action there. And, of course, Cardiff. They've been here before. It's their third CHL campaign. They get underway on the 30th of August, this Friday, as they host Mountfield HK, also from 7.30. And it only gets better from there. Belfast again in action this Saturday. Cardiff in action on Sunday. We have four straight days of action from the Champions Hockey League. Check freesports.tv for all the news and information. Pitter-patter, let's get at her.
only a couple of days until that Champions Hockey League first game against Liebrecht, and we're joined by the head coach of the Belfast Giants, Adam Keefe. How are you, Kiefer? Not bad. How are you guys? Yep, good, good. Looking forward to getting started with the first real competition against Liebrecht. But let's have a quick word about pre-season. You know, f- three goals, four goals, five goals, six goals in, in four consecutive games. You must be happy of how it was put together. Yeah, certainly, I think. And there's di- different circumstances each each weekend, but uh, I mean, I thought we handled both both circumstances well. Um, I thought the first weekend in particular was was a high tempo and a high pace and fairly physical game. And uh, for it being our first weekend, and, and a couple guys really, you know, we had one guy get in on the day before and have one practice and then jump into two games and a few guys the day before that. So. So for for being the first weekend uh, without a uh, full week of practice together, uh, I was really pleased with it. And then uh, obviously to follow it up with another two wins the following weekend, uh, certainly a great start for us. And, and the good news is we can be a lot better. What did you think of the level level of competition brought by AK Mora and uh, Herning Blue Fox? Obviously, going into the Champions Hockey League, going up against these Czech, Swedish, German sides, you wanted a, a ramped up competition. Do you think they brought their game? Well, I think uh, you know more AK. You know, having just been relegated from the Swedish Elite League, we we weren't sure what type of side we'd see. Um, you know, we but we did know that they'd be solid defensively and they'd skate well and. Um, I think that's exactly what we saw. I thought uh, as good as we were defensively and, and shutting uh, more down through the neutral zone, I thought they were equally as good, uh, did a lot of good things and, and limited our offense as well. So they certainly made us work for everything we got. And it was a great uh, a great weekend and a great test for us. Uh, to have to face that that early on was a great, uh, a great test. And, and obviously we passed and it was very positive from there. Um, I think with Herning coming in the following weekend uh, and then being down two of their imports and one of their top Danish players and then their goalie getting hurt immediately really changed the pace of that weekend. Um, you know, that coupled with what felt like a thousand penalties, uh, you know, the, those those two things kind of slowed the pace of that weekend. And, um you know, if I was completely honest, yeah, I wasn't overly satisfied with the weekend. But that's me being overly critical and, and wanting us to be absolutely perfect. So, um, which is not always the case in, in preseason. So, um, you know, certainly happy with the wins, and certainly happy that some guys got uh, you know the monkey off their back, and uh, you know can start feeling confident about the games because we, we you know we brought in a lot of good hockey players, and it's just about uh, you know that sometimes. Early on, early days, as we've seen in years past, it's difficult to get that first one, and it kind of weighs on guys' mind. And, uh, so we wanted to to kind of make sure that we we got most of those out of the way. And as you say, coach, there are players have came in and, and and got the monkey off their back in preseason. There, and we've got a lot of scoring from the back end as well. You must be pleased with the way uh, the sort of teams developing. Yeah, certainly, and I think you know the stuff that, that the fans maybe don't see is is the stuff that I see on a daily basis and how you know tight they seem already, and which is a great sign. Um, you know, they all seem like a good group of guys that that, that enjoy being together and, and playing together, and I think uh, that can only 
uh, be a positive going into the season and, and so early that uh, you know that can only grow as we as we continue to grow. Coach Joel here. Um, just uh, something that I saw. I think it was the second game uh, of the Herning weekend. Uh, whenever uh, Jesse Forsberg picked up a knock over towards the benches, you could really see that Jean Dupuy was lit up, like he was ready to go, um, and that kind of carried on. Uh, that to me sort of shows an early togetherness, and you sort of mentioned it there. Compared to other teams that you've played on and other teams that you've coached, are you beginning to see that kind of come together? It seems like that in a very short space of time, this team is very, very tight knit. Yeah, I think, I mean, we've, we've got a lot of players that, uh, you know, look after themselves and their teammates on the ice and, um, you know, not, not really through design, but, uh, I'm certainly not going to complain about guys who stick up for their teammates and stick up for themselves on the ice and play hard. Um, but, you know, we go after the best quality players that we can get at the time. And, uh, just so happens that we ended up with a fairly physical team that can handle themselves and, and can take care of each other. Um, you know, and, and that early days, that really does help uh, kind of, you know, gain that trust amongst teammates that uh, each other, you know, it's not so much that we have a tough guy or a, a few tough guys. You know, we've got team toughness and that doesn't mean fighting. That means playing hard for each other. That means blocking shots. That means winning little battles. It means winning foot races. That means being disciplined at the right times. Uh, obviously, discipline was an issue over the past weekend, but um you know, I'm confident that with the group of guys we got, we'll get that under wraps. Um, you know, in preseason, I try not to harp too much on that because, like I said, you know, these guys are trying to stick together and trying to to earn the trust of their teammates. So you will see some some penalties that maybe uh, in season, you know, we we shouldn't be taking. But in in mm-hmm. preseason, when to be completely honest, with you the results are not massive. We don't really care if we won or lost those games there's no points really um so i can understand guys kind of sticking up for each other and maybe at the wrong times but um i think you know we have the group that uh understands when it comes to winning hockey games in season when it really matters and in the champions league and in challenge cup and playoffs they will do what's right for the team and uh put the team first and and that's really what i'm looking for can I just follow that up with it with a quick one? You talked about the sort of toughness of the team. I agree we, we haven't sort of signed up a, a team of fighters. There, there's not kind of out and out, as you would call goons, but there are definitely guys who can stick up for themselves. They're known for their physicality, but they can also play. Was that a factor going into the offseason? Uh, something that stuck in my mind and a lot of fans' minds was obviously the way the playoffs finished and the injury to Darcy Murphy out on the ice uh, and obviously how passionate, passionate you were in postgame there. Um, was it something that you sort of set out to include in this year's roster that kind of toughness and willingness to stick up for each other? Um, I, I wouldn't say we, we went out and, and seeked it. I mean, we certainly wanted to replace any of that maybe, I guess, uh, toughness uh, in the lineup that we lost. Uh, we yeah. wanted to make sure that we're, or, you know, we're not getting pushed around. That's for sure. But, you know, in terms of the guys that we got, you know, the, the, the more of the focus was, was on the actual play and Sometimes toughness, you know, when I speak of toughness, it's not really about fighting. It's more about how they play. And, yeah. um, and you know, so toughness can mean a couple different things to a couple different people. But to me, it, it, like I said, it's blocking shots. It's playing physical. It's it's doing the little things, the dirty things that, that win us hockey teams. 
uh, you know, when, when we're on a Sunday in Dundee or Fife or wherever we are, um, you know, that it's the, the going gets tough and that's when you, you show up and you play hard. That's tough hockey to me. So um, I think we've, we've replaced the, you know, the guys that we've lost with that sense. And uh, you know, now we're just trying to get some lines sorted and get some guys gelling. We're still quite not, we're not, we're not quite there, but um, you know, that's what uh, we hope to find throughout this Champions League. And we, we also hope to make a dent in this Champions League. You know, we, we're confident and we, and we think that uh, with our compete level and, and our energy and um, our quality of player that uh, we can certainly make a splash in this. And, you know, it's going to take our, our best and, and we're going to have to be, uh, you know, obviously not mistake-free because that's kind of impossible, but we're going to have to be pretty close to to really play dent in these teams. That's interesting, Coach, because obviously we're, we're going up against Lulia, who are former champions. We're going up against Librex in a couple of days, who are, who are semi-finalists, and Osberger, who are new to the competition like we are. But how much of a factor did the level of compete in the Champions Hockey League play? What weighting did you give to it when it came to pulling this team together? Or was your focus you know, across all? <laughs> Um, well, we were we were kind of focused on getting uh, a, a step quicker, uh, trying to get a step quicker if it was possible. Um, not just for the Champions League, also for the Elite League. I mean, it's this is the way that hockey's trending, and you know, fast hockey, and um, you can see that with the likes of Guilford last year, a real fast hockey team that's real skilled, and uh, you know, we we did quite well against them last year with our with our quality, but we did struggle to beat them almost every game. It was, it was a tough sledding against them. And, you know, that's due to their pace and their, uh, how fast they play the game. And, uh, you know, that's the way that hockey's trending. And, uh, you know, we were, didn't want to lose some of our identity, but we certainly wanted to, to gain a step if we could. And I think we've done it. Uh, that will only help us in the Champions League, and it'll also certainly help us in the Elite League. Coach, we get a lot of, a lot of questions on, on Twitter about the leadership group within within the roster this season. Obviously, we lost our our captain from last year. Names escaping me. Um, we lost never, Bami, never, all, all never. those guys, you know. But um, there's, there's a lot of leadership and a, a lot of experience within that. Can you give us any scoop on who's going to be wearing that C come Thursday night? Um, well, you'll you'll see somebody wearing it. Uh, <laughs> I can't really give you a scoop. Actually, I don't know if you will see anybody wearing it because I'm actually pretty certain that because there's no top scorer that the captain wears the top scorer jersey so I guess we'll have to wait and see um, but uh, I will be naming uh, the captains uh, tomorrow which will be Wednesday um, you know uh, but again it, it's uh, you know it's obviously a discussion I'm going to have the team with the team first and foremost um, but also you know well, something I say every year is you know the way that we recruit, uh, it, the locker room is full of leaders, and, you know, and that goes all the way right down to our youngest players. That you know, the, the quality people, and um, you know, just like the likes of, of a guy like Lewis Hook this year, who I've counted on to kind of, you know, get the new players uh, sorted in town and uh, make sure that guys are you know, how to know how to work the the, the different. Go, outgoings of, of the apartment and maybe I should be asking you Joel because I know you live there I'm here for you anytime I'm the yeah. new captain <laughs> but no I know certainly like you know there's a lot of things that 
they are different between this this year and the years past when we replaced as many players. Obviously, having a loser captain and a couple players who have been here for years and years, um, you lose a bit of that core that can kind of show guys around town and stuff. So it was important that we did have a, 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 a group of core returning guys uh, that we did that, that can kind of point guys in the right direction, you know, wherever it may be, you know, there's lots of players coming in here for the first time that may not know where a grocery store is. So, you know, it's just, it's really important to make guys feel comfortable immediately. And that way, uh, you know, when they get to the rink, there's no worries. They're, you know, they're, they're fo- solely focused on playing hockey and, and uh, hockey only. So it's one of our main focuses is, is making sure that guys get in here, they get settled immediately. They're set up with their phones, they're set up with their internet. We're able to contact people back home. Um, and, you know, from then, obviously that's a great uh, first impression from for players because uh, it's not always like that in Europe. So um, from there, they can focus on hockey, and, and that's ultimately what we want from them. Can cut in there on something you said just a few minutes ago on the top score shirt? It's, it's a bit of a niche thing for the Champions Hockey League. And obviously in the first game, like you say, there isn't a top score, so it probably goes on the, on, on the captain maybe. But then after, what's your take on that actual shirt? It just seems to be a bit of a novelty, or is it a target for other teams? Honestly, I don't really know much about it other than I've seen it you know, from watching Cardiff and Nani in Glasgow in the Champions League. But... I don't think it's a target. Uh, you know, there, I, don't, I don't think there's much targeting at all going on in Champions League in terms of uh, that sort of thing that, that I think you're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, all teams in this tournament will do the prep work on, on who the dangerous players on the ice are offensively. So whether or not you're wearing a top scorer jersey, it's not going to matter. Uh, you know, we'll just line matchups and uh, all sorts of things going on throughout the game that maybe fans may not be aware of, but uh, certainly make no doubt about it. You know, the, the Czech coach and the German coach and, and the Swedish coach will know which lines of ours are, are our top scorers, uh, not just the guy wearing the shirt. So I wouldn't say it's a, it's a, uh, it's more, I guess, just kind of a, a show thing, a showmanship thing where the top scorer lets it, basically letting all the fans know who it is. Uh, boys, I am in a bit of a position of privilege here in that uh, on a weekly basis, I get to loiter outside the coach's office and nab him for hockey chat uh, after games. So uh, I was kind of thinking of a few things today uh, that, that I think the fans would be interested in. Uh, so if you'll allow me to, coach, I just want to take it away for, for one second. Uh, you managed five days, I think, in Canada over summer. That was pretty much the head coach's holiday this year. Uh, what did you get up to? What was it like to be back home? Um, well, uh, you know, Colleen and I got married over here, so we hadn't been, she hadn't been back home to, to Canada to see my family since then. So we had a little party there, um, a post two year wedding party, I suppose, but, uh, it was just a good time, a good party. Got to see everybody, uh, on the island of Prince Edward Island, which is a beautiful island. It's a hop, skip and a jump across the Atlantic ocean from here. Uh, that's where the majority of my family lives, and uh, you know, I try to get back there and, and see everybody as much as possible because 
obviously uh, we're all getting older and, and time is precious. So, um, you know, I, I could only get back for five days this summer, yeah. mainly due to probably the world championships and uh, just the quick turnaround of the season. And uh, obviously having to replace 13 players uh, makes uh, our job a little bit tougher in the summer. So, um it was just about uh, getting home and seeing some family and enjoying some time, but also uh, it was time to get back as well and kind of try and get focused and, and actually get a team for this year. <laughs> yeah, there's enough pressure on Twitter for that. And whenever you're at home, you're a little bit of an enigma coach. I mean, everybody obviously sees a lot of you in that hockey sense, in that giant sense. But whenever you go home at night and shut the door, whenever uh, you get a day off, which is rare from what it sounds like, what do you actually like to do in Northern Ireland away from hockey? Whenever you don't have to be Adam Keith, Giants head coach, Adam Keith, Mr. Belfast Giants, what do you do to unwind? What do you do to relax or have a good time? Uh... No, there's not a whole lot these days. <laughs> spend, a of, <laughs> spend a lot of time worrying about hockey. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, there's there's some things we, you know, we like to take the dogs for a walk and, you know, go, oh, I should say, I shouldn't say I like to take the dogs for a walk. I probably, I get dragged to take the dogs you for a walk. You have to, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, no, it's uh, just really just relax and, and shut the hockey brain off when I can get a time to do that that's obviously helps uh the stress levels so you know that's the main thing but uh, obviously I, I know i'm still human and like to kind of travel around you know we went to lusty bag island there thanks to simon and yeah, uh he's there right now people. actually yeah he is there so that's what is that why he's not on yep, yep. That's, that's where he is <laughs> it's a lovely holiday way no it was um uh, it, uh, it was a great setup there and we got to get there for for a night or two and it was a nice little getaway within the island obviously there's so much here to do on the island that uh, we don't even realize it it's, it's right under our noses so um it was nice to get there and, and just have a nice little break on the lake and um there's, there's lots of stuff to do around here i mean we haven't been traveling around a lot i also went to to prague uh for a night or two um uh, it was for the european alliance thing so uh, nice little getaway as well. It's a beautiful yeah, city. Plenty to do there. <laughs> yeah, no, no comment. Uh, a couple ones that uh, I know you're going to hate before I finish, Patty. Sorry, um, but I want to know uh, of your however many thousand Twitter followers, who's the most famous, and also what's the most impressive name in your phone book? Because I've seen the photos of you with the Stanley Cup. You're well connected up through the NHL. Most famous Twitter follower and most impressive number in your phone book, Coach. And then I promise to leave you alone. So I shouldn't say, should I say Joel Neal? No, I mean, that's <laughs> the real that's, deal, Joel Neal. And we're going to take that one for granted, boys, but, you know. Uh, no, I mean, I have obviously have a couple friends that I played junior hockey with that, that ended up making it to the NHL, David Clarkson. Uh, he's not on Twitter or anything, but uh, also Mike Richards, who was, you know, he was, for his time in the NHL, he was uh, – uh, a superstar basically there so and, and that's not a surprise to me and obviously I'm very thankful and and honored that he uh, sent me the invite to kind of come and join him on his his multiple Stanley Cup uh, parties so that, that's where <laughs> I got to I got to kind of experience that uh, and that was uh, a surreal moment just to kind of hang out with him and, and the cup and uh, I think he ended up having it for a couple of days each time so it was uh because he's he's he lives on the you know the lake of the woods and 
in Kenora, which is a pretty remote area. So I think the cup was kind of stuck there for a couple of days. So, um, you know, that's the perks of, of living in, in, in the middle of Lake Woods uh, and having the, you know, the, the cup got uh, flowing in on one of those water planes. And it was pretty cool to see the, the cup kind of, kind of land on the lake out in front of his cottage. And, uh, it was a surreal experience for me. And, uh, very thankful to him to, for him to invite me because it was, you know, there's not a chance that uh, comes around a lot. So it was uh, pretty cool to see firsthand. I'm going to ask one last question myself, coach. I'm going to kick, drag a kick in and screaming back to hockey. And the um, you're coming into your uh, you're coming into your third season as a head coach, and let's let's just say the first two seasons weren't weren't half bad with the trophy haul you've already brought in. You're you're a modest man every time we speak to you about it and about how you're learning on the job and how there's always new things to pick up. What sort of targets do you have for yourself this season? Um, just to get better again. I think uh, you know I have some things I'm fairly confident in in my abilities with in, from a coach, but there's also a lot of things that I know I need to work on and need to get better at. And, uh, so it's a process every year to try to get a little bit better and. Um, you know, that's on a personal level, but obviously from a, from a team standpoint, uh, we want to be in the hunt for every trophy that's, that's available. And, uh, obviously it starts on Thursday and, um, you know, it's something I guess that, uh, is new to this organization. It's new to myself, the champions league. It's new to a lot, all, almost all the players, maybe except for, uh, maybe Liam Reddix. I'm not sure who else may have experienced that. Um, but uh, it's a cool experience for us, and we're excited for it. And, um, I'm sure there'll be some learning curves along the way, but uh, you know, we, we certainly want to make a splash in this, and, and we want to give it our all. And uh, you know, these guys are, are really proud hockey players that uh, have been looking forward to this all summer since they've signed here and, and been aware of it. So uh, we're right now we're just trying to prep and, and get excited for it, and uh, you know that's. You know, obviously, it's coming just around the corner, but uh, that's my main goal is to be in the hunt for, for every trophy and, uh, you know, to get to the end goal, which is winning them. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of things that happen and need to happen to get there. And uh, so we want to stay in the now, I guess, is, is we want to stay in the moment and, and, and just keep chasing and, and try and stay as consistent as possible throughout the process. Well, Coach, I guess at that. It falls to me to wrap it up here. I'll not ask any more questions. Just um, once again, thank you for your time tonight. Well, thank you for for last season. Last season's done now. We'll look forward, as you say, into into this coming season. And on, on behalf of all the guys here, and I suppose all the Belfast Giants fans, we wish you and the and the team all the very best for Thursday and Saturday, and and then onwards into the late league season. Cheers, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, look forward to all the shows throughout the year and. I'm sure I'll see enough of you guys throughout the year that uh, I'll be begging for the end of the season. <laughs> Hi there, this is Kevin Rain, number 22 of the Belfast Giants, and you're listening to A View from the Bridge. Thanks very much to Kiefer. Yes, the CHL, the Champions Hockey League, the Belfast Giants are getting stuck in on Thursday night against Liebrecht. It's live on Free Sports, but get yourself down to the SSE Arena, 7.30pm. And then on Saturday, the Iceberger Panthers of the DEL will join us 
at the SSE Arena, 7.30 p.m. Once again, that, as you've heard from Aaron Murphy earlier in the show, is live on free sports just want a bit of uh just want a bit of trivia on librex from the uh from the official chl media pack there's nothing i want more let's see uh actually i was reading through one weird thing looking at is uh, let's see the legendary players one of them is petter nedved now that's weird because i'm moving house at the minute as i've said and next to me are a whole pile of hockey shirts and right on the top is a is a petter nedved sparta prague shirt and that's just very odd. I'm just reading out Petter Nedved's one of their legendary players. But they uh, they qualified for the CHL uh, how many times? Four times in the last five years. They've reached the semi-finals. But my favorite bit of club trivia: mascot. <clears throat> we had a mascot. We had a mascot in previous years, but kids were afraid of him. So, in 2015, we changed his style, and now he's a more comic-like look. And it's called Tiger. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah, play- it's, it's set him beside Kingsley over at uh, Partick Thistle and see who wins that. <laughs> or the uh, you're the West Brom fan, Boilerman. Um, <laughs> Boilerman is a talisman. <laughs> uh, three stars of the team, uh, Ladislav Schmidt, the NHL veteran who spent most of his professional career in Canada. And he spent seven seasons with the Edmund Oilers and another three with the Calgary Flames. They also have... Uh, Justin Peters, Canadian goalie, who spent seven years in the NHL and was well known as a reliable backup of the Carolina Hurricanes and gathered 83 appearances in the NHL and 299 periods, uh, appearances in the AHL. Um, Paddy, can I come back at you with a bit of uh, Petter Nedved trivia? Go on, dug go up, on. Dug up whenever I did my uh, my guide to the CHL that I'm not getting any games of. Uh Peter Nedved began his international career as Team Canada and then defected to the Czech Republic as a dual nat. He's one of the few guys that's played at the highest level in the world for two countries. I saw him play for Spartan Shane Johnson. Prague. Shane Johnson, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw him play for Sparta Prague during the one of the early lockout seasons. Uh, in there in the Tipsport Arena, which if anybody's oh, been to the Tipsport Arena in in Prague, it's a it's a hell of a place. I have to four, say, four quid to get in with their ultras at the end and seventy p a beer. They're not even playing there anymore, though. They've gone over to the the big O two. Seven, seventy p a beer, mate. For that's there. Oh. When I was there, like forty p. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's so that's Librec. I'm going to go through the media pack and I'm going to give you a stat. This is great audio. I'm going to give you. Let me see club trivia. <laughs> On the Iceberger Panthers, uh, founded in 1878 and the oldest German ice hockey club. Um, their original six team of the DEL with Mannheim, Klum, Berlin, Nuremberg and Krefeld. Uh, their, their mascot is Panther Dashi since, since February 2016. Okay. Actually, one thing that I know is that, and for those going out like myself in a couple of weeks, is up until a few years ago, their arena was both indoors and outdoors. It was the only yes. arena in the DEL that was partially outdoors until they refurbed and, 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 and sealed the whole place up. But I'd love to have been there. Well, sorry, I'd love to have been there in like October, November, September to yeah. watch a game. I wouldn't really Really, to really any January. different to the Cardiff Devils? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can cut your way out of the big blue tent with a pair of scissors. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> you didn't, you, didn't, you could see it most of the time. <laughs> Was I there? This is, this is really going off pace. Was I there with you, Davey, when the wind kicked up and the roof near came off? 
<laughs> we, I've definitely been there with you, Patty, when it started as an indoor game and finished as an outdoor game. <laughs> yeah. And what do you call a belter that was the secret millionaire part is, is, is Ferrari in the disabled space? That, that's right. Uh, Reagan? Aye. We had some fun times down there. Do you remember <laughs> the night? I know this is terrible radio or, or podcasting, but do you remember the night we were given, um, who was in that? Was Stevie Lyle in that for them? Yep. we were giving them absolute pelters. Just there was only I think there was only you, me and Kat. There was three Giants fans there. It mightn't even have been there, it might have just been you and me. And we were giving it Lily, Lily, <laughs> Lily. And the pump and the, the devil scored. And this wee woman must have been she was fuming. Eight, eighty if she was a day. Turn around here, give us a finger and all you that was the game when um Ryan Finnerty took a shot after the uh took a shot after the buzzer and then got leveled by Jeffrey Swears on the skate around. It Is couldn't that... have been we, we had some some real good the change that that used to be that night the Stevie Lyle was when the away end was at the opposite side of the rink and then yes. the change that they changed it, and then the Giants started beating them every time we went there. So it wasn't a brilliant move. Uh, <laughs> let's bring it back to CHL and yeah, Iceberg. I, I love Ramon. I love yeah, Ramon. Sure, leave it. It's fine. I've got, I've got another bit of club trivia about the Iceberg Panthers oh, uh, from, the, from the official CHL media pack, and that is that fan Rudolf Wildegger <laughs> has his own Panther Museum in his apartment. So if you're traveling the Iceberger and you want to find out, ask. Uh, Ruth Wildegger, if you can visit his apartment, I'm I'm willing to bet you ten pounds right now that he's a close personal friend of Oxo. One hundred percent. Oxo's been there, mate. Listen again, we're going to go off pace because it is just like the first one in the season. <laughs> went they went two thousand and five. Went to watch Iceberg Berlin with a whole bunch, including Oxo. Um, we're standing in the period break. Uh, Iceberg, it's the old in the old West Belfast, the, the the old place that Iceberg used to play. This tin shed, it was beautiful. But we're standing in the concourse as these. Uh, I think we're playing. I think they're playing Iserlohn, and I think these three lads came walking down, and they're as German as you can think they could look. They've got big, you know, mustaches. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> have to beep that. Yeah. Gonna have to beep that. <laughs> 46, 46, 46. <laughs> for the cool FM ones, you'll never know what that was. Um, they were. Uh, you can't say. Come on, Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> so there's Germans. You know, mustaches, denim. But they're weirdly carrying a shop mannequin on their shoulders. That's dressed up half in hockey kit, half in denim, half with this big wig and this big hat on. We're watching these guys come down. We're stood there watching these guys walk down the concourse, thinking to yourselves, "What on earth is this?" And just as I'm thinking that, they look at us and go, "Oxo!" And <laughs> they come running. Of course, of course, they know Oxo. You want a wee Oxo story? I've got one too. To be fair, you go with yours, Jordan, and I tell you mine. Lanshut 2012. Uh, if you were there, you will know the rock bar. Rock bar! Very rock well. Bar. This uh, entirely wooden black hole that didn't seem to close. All it had was beer taps and a few stools, and that was it. Oxo was in there, drinking away, talking to everyone. He seemed to know the entire town. It hits maybe two in the morning. Oxo uh, leans over to Sebastian, the bearded barman, and says, Sebastian, nachos for the bar. Sebastian says, Oxo, 
we don't do food. We've never done food. Look around. There's no kitchen here. I was a little cloudy eyed after a very tough day of hockey. And, really? and all I know, all I know is I came back into the rock bar about 45 minutes later and everybody was eating nachos. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know how you did it. I don't know what shop in the world was open, but if Oxo orders nachos in Germany, you best find them. Go on, Davey. Playoffs, man, in Nottingham. Must have been, could be 10 years ago. Wasn't feeling too well. We bit tender. I was like, damn, I was going to have to leave the arena to go and get some medicine. Oxo came walking past. All right, that's going. All right, do you want to get a wee beer? Go for a wee beer. Hey, man, I'm not, not a bit well here. I'd love a Gaviscon. He says, seriously? No problem. He starts peeling back scarves. Right? Lifting hockey tops as he does, like ten tops on, gets to the scarves. One goes left, one goes right, one goes left. He's making his way through those like electrician trousers he wears with the twenty pockets, and he hooks and he goes deep, and he pulls out a sachet of Gaviscon, <laughs> and hands, sorry, gives it a wee shake and hands it to me. There you go, brother. I'm not joking you. That must have been seventy degrees. But I ripped the lid off that. <laughs> you I felt a lot better, didn't you? And I drank that Gaviscon. And, and ever since then, Oxo always has a wee Gaviscon. <laughs> it's nothing on the time he pulled a half bottle of Buckfast out of them in the middle of the SSE for me. I got one, listen, I'm going to go one more Oxo I'm going to go one more Oxford story and then I'm going to go bring track it back to the CHL. And oh, that that's is good stuff. I think it's the same trip. I think it's a 2005. I think it's the same trip. And we're thinking to yourselves, we're in Berlin. Let's do a bit of sightseeing. Let's go to the right stack. So we go to the right stack. And this is before. If you go to the right stack now, you have to go through all sorts of like perimeter security. So it's uh, you have to book in and all. So not then. Then you could just walk up the steps, go in through a little bit of security and into it. And it's, if you're ever in Berlin, I really recommend it. It's a beautiful building. Right at the top, the glass dome, lovely place. But we're in the queue to get into the Reichstag. And the actual German parliament is in session at the time. Um, I think it, there was something to do with being actually Helmut Kohl's last session as, as chancellor. There was something big going on. Anyway, we're there as tourists. And we're walking in. It's me and Jacko and Marty McAllister and, uh, and Gav and, and Oxo. And they're taking us through, you go through this little airlock and then you come to a bit of a security check. And there's, as you can imagine, it's the parliament building. They're all there holding guns and whatever. It's it's relatively fortified. We look, it's a bit of an airport security up ahead and also looks up and thinks to himself, F*** this. <laughs> <laughs> Leaps the barrier. Right? <laughs> Runs across the forecourt. Of the actual parliament building <laughs> through this, like these guys with guns, runs across to the exit door, leaps another barrier, and runs out the other door. Meanwhile, these lads are all looking at each other because you the size of Oxo, big hair, big beard, big boots, big metal boots, just running across, jumping <laughs> barriers. And we're all looking at each other going, What are we, we going to do? <laughs> are we going to get taken down here as these security guys basically chased Oxo, but he was gone? He was gone. So, so we went on in, had a look around the right side, came out to, to like a message from Oxo saying, oh, I just went to the pub. <laughs> Brilliant. One of the greatest Giants fans right. of all time. If, you don't know, if, you, if you're a regular one. the Giants games and you don't know Oxo, you definitely do. Uh, <laughs> anyway, listen, boys, back to the CHL. Thursday, 7.30, <laughs> Liberac. Saturday, 7.30, Augsburg. Davey, what are you expecting? 
Um, I'm expecting a, a high intensity game. It's it's going to be a level that is well well above obviously exhibition games. Um, it's going to be a team that is going to come with a heck of a lot of speed and skill, and they're going to be able to mix it if required. Luke Fisher in his interview, I know that scouting and stuff. It's it's harsh to say their goalie could be their their weak spot, but their their, their new goaltender who's came in is our one opportunity to get that at them. I think we've got to create offense, but at the same time, when you create offense, you've got to be very very careful at the back door. So as you know, those, those stay at home day men are going to be extra important. Getting getting good transition to get goal scoring opportunities and opportunities come along. You know me, Pat. I don't like previewing games. Um, but if those opportunities come along, you know, it's cliche, you've got to take your chances when they come in these kind of games because they're going to be few and far between. As, as Adam keeps saying in his interview, we've got to limit mistakes. We will make mistakes. That's the nature of the game. You know, there's lots of mistakes made on a hockey rink. We've got to limit them. And you've got to ride a bit of luck. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to need all those things to get anything out of the game. And let's be realistic as to where we are in the pantheon of the CHL. We want to do well. You know, I'm not changing my mind about the CHL, but we're in it, and I want to win every game as a Belfast Giants fan. You talked about it. It might have been the very first show of a season, certainly within the last 10 years, where you say if you don't seek excellence, you end up with mediocrity. And we have to go out with the mindset of we can win every single game we enter. So, you know, for me, I want to win it. Um, I want to win the game on Thursday night, and I think if we play our absolute best game, you never know what way the chips will fall. I'm with you on that, mate. I think that it's going to be such a difficult pair of you. Oh, listen, we'll come to the Lule games in October. Let's park them because they're a different kettle of fish altogether, a team that's won the competition. We'll come back to that. But if these two games, you know, Librec are, as I said, a former semi-finalist. Uh, you've got Ausberger who finished third in the regular season in DEL. They're a decent side coming in to the SSA arena. But of the two games, I think Ausberger is definitely the more winnable. I definitely think both of them are winnable, especially with the um, especially the roster that we've put together. But Ausberger overall is probably more winnable, both home and away. I think we've got a real chance there. Time will tell. I'll probably be coming back this time next week and thinking to myself, it was a bit stupid. But I definitely think that we do have a chance there. But the SSE arena, you look at the the, the Continental Cup and, and the atmosphere we put together there for those, Joel, you know, that's a big part. Listen, Davey said it there. You want to talk about the pursuit of excellence, and, and that applies to me as much off the ice as it does on. Uh, and being kind of around the, the arena and in Belfast day and daily, there's a real tangible sense that an occasion is coming up, a proper event is coming here. And I think the, the Giants organization have done a tremendous job in translating what the CHL is to wider Belfast. You've got you know one of the most uh, recognizable faces on the internet in Northern Ireland in Colin get us doing that fantastic promo yeah, clip uh, yeah, excellent fantastic you know positioning it as you know this is essentially the champions league of ice hockey you know you're not going to misunderstand that if you like sport at all i was driving home from work today and the gigantic kind of fairly new digital billboard uh, that sits on on the corner of of the arena's car park uh, facing city bank uh, massive chl it's coming kind of uh, promo which flip 
it then to a list of the Giants fixtures. There's, you know, to me anyway, maybe it's Mathilde Tendit's backs, but there's a real tangible sense among the, the layman and the committed kind of there every night Giants fan that this is a real occasion and it's a real kind of uh, triumph and an occasion that, that we've even just earned our spot in it as well as having been invited in it. Um, I, I have to tip the cap to the, the backroom staff, the guys in the office, whatever else, for the, the marketing job that they've done in outlining to everyone how special this is. It's going to be an interesting couple of games. It's going to be an interesting weekend. It's going to be a fantastic away trip next week, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that when we re- when we reconvene next week uh, and we'll look across what took place Thursday, 7.30. Get yourself down to the SSC Arena. This is the Champions Hockey League and if you can't get down there, free sports with Aaron Murphy and Paul Eady. And likewise on Saturday, Iceberger Panthers, 7.30 uh, PM at the SSC Arena or on Free Sports. Any other business, boys? Uh, just a real, <clears throat> excuse me, real quick one from Twitter tonight. I saw before we came on to record the Cardiff Devils tweeted out uh, the passing of Ben Bounds's granny, uh, who's a very, very well known face. It's uh, in Cardiff especially, but around the IHL, a great wee character. So obviously, just uh, you know, hockey's hockey, rivalry's rivalry, whatever else. But Bounds is a great lad, and and just all of our sympathies and thoughts with the Bounds family and on the the passing of Granny B. Here, here, Davey anything? No, I can only I can only echo that, Paddy. Wouldn't it be um wouldn't it be a lovely little segue if that little lady that uh, that little old little granny that was <laughs> turned out that it was uh, it was Bouncy's granny because uh, you know from from all accounts a great hockey lady loved their loved her sport loved their team and yeah you know we all uh, we all have had or have people in our lives like that and uh, we're very fortunate to have had or to have them and uh, yeah I feel his loss I genuinely do and, and I sympathies from me yeah here here. Uh, and on that note, gentlemen, uh, we'll we'll wrap things up for this first show. We've got 32 more to do. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, big thanks, big thanks to Adam, Keith, Luke Fisher, and to the guys on the uh, on the interviews, post game interviews, Liam Reddox, Lewis Hook, and Matt Pellick. Thanks to Aaron Murphy for previewing those CHL games. And if you're getting to those CHL games, if you're getting to the game on Saturday in particular, don't forget post-game in McCool's. I'll be there. David will be there. The proprietor of the Kitchen Hotel, breakfast included, Simon Kitchen will be there. Joel will be. Uh, looking, forward, <laughs> look, look, looking forward to it. Uh, David? Yes, am I? Good. <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> you can get us on, You can get, of course, you can get us on SoundCloud. You can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Cool App, and all other sort of podcast platforms. Kingdomofthegiants.com, at AVFTV, Facebook.com, and all the likes. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Joel, enjoy Cyprus. I'm going to enjoy packing first. It's 20 to 11. Thanks for that, boys. No worries. Davey, I'll see you at the weekend. Paddy, looking forward to it, mate. Joel, safe travels, buddy. Thanks, boys. And wherever you are this weekend, hockey is about to begin in earnest. And we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. 